Good morning, dear friends, in Christ Jesus. I hope that you are relaxed here in church this morning and that uh, you feel that it is good to be here. As you heard me announce that the lectern today in the Christian church is known as Septuagesima Sunday. Now that word's a Latin word. It means the numeral 70. And it indicates that now we are about 70 days away from Easter. We have now turned from Christmas and Epiphany and we are heading towards the Lenten season Septuagesima is the first of three Sundays, as you know, before Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. And today is a red-letter day, as it were, in the annals of Emmanuel Lutheran Church. Today we are also commemorating the 27th anniversary of the broadcasting of the Word of God or of the radio ministry of our congregation. As you recall, it was on the last Sunday in January in the year 1943 that the first broadcast went out from this church and today is broadcast number 1408 and the word of God for this Sunday is very appropriate for this occasion I know that you know the story well we are told that Jesus came to a certain village and that was Bethany which means the house of dates Bethany located about two miles out of Jerusalem on the uh, southeast slope of the Mount of Olives. And Jesus came, and evidently the disciples went on, and he was invited into the home of Martha and Mary. And again, while he was there, we are told that Mary sat at his feet and heard as he spoke to her the word while Martha was out in the kitchen and Martha was cumbered with much serving. And when uh, her nerves wouldn't stand it any longer, she went into the room and she said, Lord, don't you care that uh, my sister has left me to serve alone? Uh, won't you please bid at her tell and come and help me? And she figured that Jesus would do that. And then you recall that Jesus turned and he said, Martha, Martha. He said, oh, you're worried and you're troubled about many things. But Martha, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And I don't think we find it difficult to decide what that one thing needful is, that one choice that Mary had made. Surely it was this, to hear the word of God, to listen to the word of God, to open our hearts to the word of God. And again, Jesus had said then to Martha, Martha, but one thing is needful. Martha, I plead with you, will you see to it that above all else in your life, that this is what you do, that you hear the word of God, that you listen to it, and that you open your heart to the word of God. What could be more appropriate than on this Sunday, radio anniversary Sunday, that Jesus calls to us, Jesus calls to you and me as members of the congregation and again those of us who are not. He calls and he pleads and he says, but one thing is needful. One thing is most important. One thing is most urgent. See to it that above all else in your life that you hear the word of God, that you listen to the word of God, that you open your hearts to the word of God. And this morning we may say to ourselves, well, I hard." I hardly feel that Jesus is able to uh, call to me to hear the word of God, to listen to it, and that it should be of prime importance, it should be top superiority, and it should be of top prominence in my life. And we may say to ourselves, what's so wonderful about the word of God? Why is it so wonderful, so magnificent, so marvelous? that you and I and our lives should again remember that just one thing is necessary, one thing is the most important thing, that this ought to, above all else, 
Be again top priority in your life and mind that we hear, that we listen, and that we open our hearts to the Word of God. We may look out at the church today and we may say, uh, the Word of God doesn't seem to be so wonderful because many churches have forgotten it. Many have made substitute for it. It has become a lower case in many congregations. It is no longer preached. What is so wonderful about the Word of God that Christ on this anniversary of radio would call to you and me, Above all, remember there's just one thing that is most important and in your life let it be top priority that you hear the word of God, that you open your hearts to it. We may say, why? What is so wonderful about it? And Christ would remind you and me this morning that this is what's wonderful about it. It, again, the word of God contains the most marvelous good news that has ever hit this earth, barring none. The most magnificent good news that has ever penetrated to this earth that is second to none, that's in a class by itself, that can't be taught, that's what the Word of God contains. And I think it's very appropriate this morning that we look at the Word of God and we say, well, if that's true, that again, that the Word of God contains the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, then we can understand why Jesus would call to you and me and would plead and would cry to us, one thing is needful, one thing is most important, one thing is most urgent. Will you let it be top priority in your life? See to it uh, that you hear and that you listen, that you open your hearts to the Word of God. Is it true that the Word of God, even though today it's not very popular, that it does contain the grandest good news, barring none, that has ever hit this earth. And on the basis of the Word of God, Christ would remind you and me in the first place that the Word of God contains the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, barring none, because it contains the grandest good news that God loves us, even though all of us by nature are lawbreakers and are subject to the penalty of hell. You heard me say that the Word of God contains the greatest good news in all the world. I mean that advisedly because it also contains the greatest bad news that has ever come out of heaven. And unless you and I realize the bad news that it contains, then it's scarcely hard for you and me to realize the good news. And you may say, what's the bad news that the Word of God contains? And it's simply this, and it's true, that you and I have broken God's commandments, and that you and I by nature are subject to hell and damnation, subject to an eternity of body and soul, separated from the love of God, body and soul forever and ever, to be condemned to hell. That's bad news. And it's true because God reminds you and me that he's a God of justice. And when God lines you and me up according to the Ten Commandments and God says, I demand that you put me first, and because you and I don't always put him first and we have broken the law, God is a just God, says the wages of sin is death. And God demands that you and I do not take his name in vain, that we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, that we honor our parents, that we do not kill, no hatred in our hearts, that we do not commit adultery, that we do not steal, that we do not lie about our neighbor, that we do not covet our neighbor's house, that you and I never have an evil desire in our hearts and when you and I know that the law says whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all the bad news is this that the word of God contains that you and I are a sinner and because God is a God of justice we stand condemned and that your future and mine by nature 
is no less than an eternity in hell, body and soul separated from God. That's bad news. But oh, the word of God contains good news too. And the greatest good news that ever hit the earth, that God in spite of it loves you and me. But God says, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked man turn from his way and live. God would have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of his truth. Well, that's the grandest good news that ever came out of heaven. God loves you and me, even though his justice condemns you and condemns me and all men because we are sinners to an eternity of separation from him and from his love. And because of that tremendous good news, it also brings this good news that God's love has provided a way of escape. We may say to ourselves, is the word of God that which contains the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth? It's got this good news that God's love says there's a way of escape. There is no need for any man to ever be lost. There is no need for one soul to perish. There is no need for one person to spend an eternity in hell, eternally separated from God. There is no greater good news that has ever penetrated this earth than that good news which is found in the word of God. Is it any wonder then that Jesus says to you and me today on Radio Anniversary Sunday that he said, but one thing is needful. There is just one thing that is most important, that is most urgent. And he would say, see to it that in your lives this is top priority, that you hear the word of God, that you listen to it, that you open your hearts to it. Why? Because unless you and I do, we may live and never hear that grandest of all good news Oh, that there is an escape from hell for all men. Can you imagine a greater tragedy in the life of men? Then again, not to hear that grandest good news and to be lost and to spend an eternity in hell when good news has penetrated this earth that there is no need for any man to be lost eternally. And therefore, on this anniversary Sunday, we ought to say to ourselves, I'm going to heed the cry of Jesus Christ that there is one thing that is needful. There is one thing that is most important in my life. This must have top priority that I will see to it that I hear the word of God, that I listen to it, this grandest of all good news, that I open my heart. And if you and I say, this shall be my conviction and I shall heed that great cry of Christ, then today, above all days, we will say to ourselves, I want to probe. How about Emmanuel Church and its radio message? We may probe and say, does the radio message and the message of this church, does it proclaim the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, that has ever come out of heaven? And then to probe in your heart and mind, do you and I hear it? Do we listen to it? Do we open our hearts to it? As I have said, the word of God is in sort of ill repute in some churches because some feel that there are other things that are much more needful. Go back to Bethany. There was poor Martha. She was a grand girl, but she was confused. To her, there was something else that was more important. That was to prepare that meal. Now, there's nothing wrong in getting a meal for the Son of God who was a guest in that home. And there are those in the church today that are looking out in the world and they are saying that there are other things that are much more important than the grandest good news that has come out of heaven. We call that the social gospel. They are talking about hunger and privation and air pollution and war and giving a man a decent wage and the race problem and housing and we are talking about these things and there are those in the church that are saying these are the most important things. But when will the church realize this? 
that when it says the word of God becomes lowercase, and this is something that the church will no longer preach, when will the church realize that it would be possible again to eliminate poverty from the world, to eliminate race prejudice, to give every man an abundance of life, and without the eternal good news, no man be saved. It would be possible to do that. If the church should cease to be the church, then pray tell, where will men ever hear that there is an escape from hell? And that's why in your life and mine today we ought to say to ourselves, how about myself and this word of God? How about my hearing it and listening to it? And how about my opening my heart? Not only in church, but how about in the privacy of my home? Is my heart open to the word of God, to this grandest of all good news? Or is it true in my life as it was in Martha's that day in Bethany that there are so many other things that take precedence that seem to be so much more important. And you see, the tragedy of that is this, that all of these other things are good in themselves. How many of us say, but I've got so many other things to do. I haven't got time for church. I haven't got time to hear the word of God. I haven't got time to have a quiet hour. There are so many demands, especially on Sunday. And you see, the deceiving thing is that they're all good. We may say, I don't go out and steal, I don't go out and murder, I don't go out and get intoxicated, I don't go out and commit adultery. Everything that I do is good, but the tragedy of that is this, that the road to hell is paved again by individuals who have found other things that seemingly are more important than, again, the one thing that is needful. But you may say, well, what's wrong with doing the laundry? What's wrong with cleaning house? But behind it all, this is what is wrong. It means absolutely, it means a repelling of the word of God. It is unbelief. It is turning the back on the word of God. It is saying no. God, again, in your life and mine, be merciful uh, that we do not commit spiritual suicide by substituting other important things that are good in themselves. For again, the one thing that is needful, the hearing of the word of God the listening to it and the opening our hearts to it. On this anniversary of radio, we may well heed the cry of Jesus when Christ says to us, listen as he said to Martha, Martha. Christ says, I, I plead with you and I call you, one thing is needful, one thing is most important. I see to it that in your life, above all else, there is, again, in your lifetime to hear the word of God, to listen to the word of God, to open your heart to the word of God. And all because of this fact that Christ would remind you and me that the word of God contains the grandest good news, barring none, that has ever hit this earth. You and I may say, what's so grand about it? Is that true? If it is, then top priority ought to be this, that above all else and all the other things in life, this comes first and foremost, that I hear the word, that I open my heart to it, that I have times when I go to this eternal word, Christ would remind you and me in the second place that the word of God contains the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, barring none. It can't be topped. This grand good news that he has taken the rap for you and me and for all men. You may say, what do you mean by that? It means this, that there is contained in this word of God, this grand good news, 
that Christ was the eternal Son of God, that he came into this world and became a human being. He was very God of very God, and he was a human being without sin, born of the Virgin Mary. And that he stood before his heavenly Father, and he said to his heavenly Father, let me be the substitute for the entire human race. Lay on me, God, what your justice demands of them. And because he asked it in love and was willing, God the Father laid on him the guilt and the eternal punishment of hell of the entire human race. And the word of God has this tremendous good news that he, God's son, went to Calvary's cross and there in his death he bore the equal of an eternity in hell and thus bore the wrath and paid the bill in full for you and me and all men. And the word of God says that this one person did it because he was God himself in human form and that he was able to do it for all men of all times because this was a timeless sacrifice. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I challenge you to find any greater good news that has ever hit this earth than that. And that therefore in Christ, because he as God's son took the rap for you and me and paid the bill in full, there is deliverance from hell and there is heaven and eternal life provided for all men without exception. Is there any grander good news that could ever come out of heaven than the good news that Christ has provided escape from hell? Why should you and I spend an eternity in hell when Christ spent the equal of an eternity in hell for you and me on the cross? That's the point. And when he has opened up heaven and has provided a place in heaven for you and me and all men to spend an eternity with him where I have not seen or ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him, why in the world would you and I again ever say that there could be any message of any greater import and any grander message? Is it any wonder then that Christ says to you and me, one thing is needful, Martha, Martha, don't you know that there is one thing that is all important and most important? This above all else that you hear the word of God, that you listen to it and that you open your hearts to it. Again, is there anything any greater? And that's why on this anniversary Sunday, then we ought to say to ourselves, I am determined that this church with its radio ministry shall continue to proclaim this grandest of all good news, even in the conflicts of life, even again when there come clashes, and that you and I shall be determined to open our hearts to this grand word of God, even in the clashes of life. Uh, going back to Bethany, here was a clash. I feel sorry for Martha, don't you? She was out in the kitchen getting a meal. And I wonder how many of us men realize what a meal means to a woman. There are women, again, who pour their life into it. Isn't that right? And you've got to say this for Martha. She wanted to prepare that day the grandest meal that she could ever prepare. Perhaps we men don't realize what a meal prepared by a woman means. But you see, there was again, there was something else that was more important. To her it seemed that in this clash, this meal, there was Mary, her sister, hearing the word. It occurred to Martha, this was the most important thing not to hear. What do you do in the clash? We all have clashes, don't we? I just want to mention briefly the clashes. You all know my dog, Pumpkin. Well, yesterday he passed away. 
Again, I had hoped and prayed that I didn't have to put him to sleep, and I didn't. He, in his little noble way, he died. And I can assure you, with just a little heavy heart this morning, it would be easy to have somebody else stand up here than to be here. Clashes in life. But you know and I know that in your life and mine, there come one clash after another. But again, what comes first? What is the will of God? There are very few instances in your life and mine when clashes and you can't do both become so tremendous that you and I say that this time I shall not hear the word of God or I shall not proclaim it. When clashes come into our lives, we say, what is God's will? There was the clash in Martha's life, and you and I have them. And in the history of the church, when was there ever a time when there weren't clashes? The church is saying, oh, look at this day in this 20th century. Look at the clashes. Oh, again, you go back centuries and in every era of Christian church, the church has said, here are clashes. Here are, here are unusual. Here are important causes. You've got to do away with the word of God, with the grand good news. If there was ever a time when the world needs the grandest good news that ever hit this earth. It is now, it is now that men would know that Christ, God's Son, came into the world. And when in your life and mine we say to ourselves, in the clashes that come every day, in all of the other things that seem so greatly important, when we say, what is God's will? And we say, why, God's will is this. Above all else, one thing is needful, one thing is most important, hear the word, listen to it, open your heart to the word. And then what comes? There comes a peace of mind, doesn't there? Martha, no wonder she was worried and just pulled to pieces. Wanting to be in the room, here was Jesus preaching, and over here with the pots and the pans, the dear old soul, she was like you and me at times. And we say to ourselves in the conflict, and in this conflict today in the church, we ought to say to ourselves in this radio ministry, 27 years old, if there's ever a time when the world needs the grand good news of Christ Jesus and heaven and eternal life, it's now that men can find peace with God and peace within themselves. This is our radio anniversary Sunday, and Jesus, as he was in the home in Bethany with Mary and Martha when he said, Martha, Martha, but one thing is needful. He calls to you and me and to the members of the church and to those that are listening. Listen, one thing is all important. One thing is most important. See to it that above all else that this is top drawer priority. I'll let you hear the word of God, that you listen to it, that you open your hearts to it, because he would remind you and me that this word of God contains the grandest good news that ever hit this earth. And you and I may say, does it? Why, there are those in the church that don't feel so. In fact, it's getting in the minority where churches still want to preach the grand good news because we are being told this is old fogey. This is stuff that you do away with. The modern social gospel, this is what must be preached. But Christ would remind you and me that the word of God does contain the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, barring none, because it contains this grandest good news that his salvation becomes ours as a gift, that we don't buy it, 
and that we don't earn it. You know of any grander good news than that? We don't buy it. This salvation we may say to ourselves, but if Christ has opened up heaven, if he has provided heaven and eternal life that with body and soul I can spend an eternity with him, how in the world can that be mine? Don't I have to achieve it by my life? When can I be able to do enough goodness in my life that I could earn it? Isn't it a wonderful piece of good news that Jesus says you don't have to earn it? It's a gift. You don't have to buy a gift. It's no longer a gift then. You don't have to earn it. Jesus says, believe or repent, which means the same thing. Jesus says, just tell me you're sorry and put your faith, your trust in me. Believe that I am your Savior, that on the cross that I bore hell and paid for it in full for you. Believe that on the cross that I merited a robe of righteousness for you and for all men. When you can believe that I'm your Savior, I will put on this robe of righteousness on you that will cover up all of your guilt and all of your shortcomings and all of your sins. And that eternal life will become your own. And that means this grand good news in your life and mine that heaven is possible right now in your life and mine and in the life of every man without exception. There are those that come to me and say, I can't be saved now because, again, I've got to still do some things. But the good news is now, not ten seconds from now, right now. There isn't any person beyond the call of my voice or the sound of it who can't say, I'm sorry. Who can't say, I put my trust in you, Lord Jesus. And in that very moment, I care not who a man is or what he is. I care not what his past may be, what the present may be right now, not ten seconds from now. The good news is that when any man reaches out and says, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior, in that very instant, a robe of righteousness becomes his, and that man becomes saved. I challenge anybody, you know of any greater good news than that? And that's why on Radio Anniversary Sunday we ought to say, I shall heed that plea of Jesus that one thing is all important, just one. This ought to be upper case. This ought to be the most important thing in my life, that I hear the word, that I open my heart to it, that the word of God always has access because it's the grandest good news. It tells me that right now is salvation that I can be saved in spite of again, in spite of what again sin charges against me, how charged with punishment the scroll, I can be saved. When you and I determine that, then we ought to say to ourselves on this anniversary Sunday, we shall see to it that from this church and over its radio there shall continue again to be proclaimed the grandest good news that has ever hit this earth, and also that men who have come to know this grand good news, who have been born again, who have become Christians, that they are told how they are to treat their fellow men. You may say, well, aren't the social issues of life important? Sure, they're important. Isn't it important that a man have enough to eat, that a man has clothes on his back, and that a man have civil liberty, and that we may have, as we list all again, of the very problems of life, to be sure.
But let the church of Jesus Christ say, Men, the reason for all of these is because we are estranged from God. We've got to start at the cross. And when the good news comes into a man's soul and he's born again, then let the church say, Now go out and show your love and your mercy and your concern for all men. There are no social issues that can't be solved when you and I go out and we love our neighbor as ourselves. And that all things whatsoever we would that men should do to us, that we would do to them. And then there comes this joy. As as Christians, we go out and let our light shine of influencing others to open their hearts to the grandest good news that has ever hit the earth. And then we experience within our own selves the joy of what this grandest of all good news means when the storm clouds gather. Just about three months after this occurrence with Jesus, with Mary and Martha, Lazarus died. What a tremendous comfort it must have been that he was in that home, bringing the good news of the word of God to Mary and Martha, giving them strength for that day. Today I think of the man who helped us get on the road with the radio service, it was, as most of you know, the late Raymond Roker. He ran a bakery business, as you know, and you may wonder why was he so concerned about, again, Emmanuel Church broadcasting the Word of God. I wonder how many of you realized that there was a reason. There was a reason. We had talked about it, and you know, when we found out to get going it cost $500, he stopped at my back door one morning and handed me the first $500 and he said, let's go on the air. You may wonder why. He was a graduate of the University of Michigan, but you wouldn't have known it. He was a very common individual, about as common as apple pie, which was, as I understand, one of his favorite desserts. But you see, this was 1943 and back in 1939, he and Mrs. Roker realized what a storm cloud met. You see, they had a daughter by the name of Marianne. I had confirmed her, a beautiful little girl, 14 years of age. Marianne had a swelling in her nose one day. Mrs. Roker called me out the house and went out, and Marianne kind of laughed about it and had accomplished as, oh, don't look at me, my nose is swollen up. But you know, that nose kept on swelling, and they... Infection went to the brain, and we took her into the hospital. And we had a specialist in Columbus who came and looked, and with this was the day when antibiotics were just becoming popular, and everything was used, and the specialist said she's already blind. And I remember standing in that hospital between 2 and 3 o'clock one morning with Raymond and Marianne unconscious and myself. And I remember praying... Again, here was a matter of life and death, and I remember when I had stopped praying that Raymond prayed too, and with eyes closed he said, Lord, as he held on to his little girl, he said, Lord, if you want her, that's all right. We love her, but if you want her in heaven, you go ahead and you take her. That's all right. And you see, he knew by experience what the grand word of God meant to let God take his little girl to heaven 
And you see, that's why he came with the $500 and said, let's put it on the air. Let's let men share the grand good news. And as we go on, it is my prayer and my determination that it's going to be the everlasting good news. That's what the world needs. That others may come to know when the storm clouds come what grand good news that there is life and there is eternal salvation in Jesus Christ and that others may turn to God and say, O oh God, how great thou art. How great thou art. How great thou art. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.